wherever you are in the United States, wherever you are on planet Earth, you are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. On today's program, we're going to take these puzzle pieces of vital information, which should be understandable to the average American, the average citizen of whatever nation on planet Earth. But the fact is that there has been a concerted effort to take the information to take the facts that are bombarding you in the uh, what is called the mainstream media, which is the corporate-controlled, corporate-owned media, the big corporations, the globalist corporations, and the globalist financial interests that literally control America from behind the scenes using agencies such as the deep state, and they control the rest of planet Earth. Now, you see all kinds of garbage to be blunt, coming at you, and it's being called news and information on the mainstream media, on cable news networks, in certain magazines, in editorials, the entertainment industry, all kinds of inputs that are supposedly giving you the facts of what's really happening. But they're not there. They have not been put into those positions of power. They have not been heavily financed to the tunes of hundreds of millions of dollars They were not put in those positions of power to tell you the truth. And if you think for one moment that this network or that network or this social media company or that social media company or this individual or that individual has been put into that position to honestly report the truth with integrity, then you are sadly deceived. Those people, those corporate entities are put there deliberately to obscure the truth from you, to distort the truth from you, and bottom line is to conceal the truth from you so that their dark agenda, and yes, factually, with overwhelming uh, documentation, their agenda is very dark. We could actually say these words, and it would not be an embellishment of the truth. It would not be uh, an amplification of the truth. It would be a statement that reflects a logical, rational, uh, documented and factual analysis of precisely what's happening in America right at this very moment and what is happening in the world right at this very moment. And that is, there is a massive plan moving forward aggressively. This plan has been in operation for thousands of years. It's historically linked to empires throughout the ages. It's historically linked to what I refer to as the super civilizations. It's warned about in the Bible through biblical prophets. It is uh, documented in history books and architecture and so on and so forth. So you and I live in a time period where it is imperative for our very survival that we be fully cognizant, fully aware, eyes wide open regarding precisely what is really happening in our world. Because what is really happening in our world, not the Disney-esque daydream fantasy that has been promoted to you, not the programmed reality that has been uh, embedded into your mind through things like scientific mind control, propaganda, advertising techniques, or the creation of virtual worlds using virtual reality technology. We're not talking about 
the examination or the scrutiny of an electronic fantasy. We're talking about the scrutinization of a game plan that has been heavily financed and heavily organized and has managed to enlist the most powerful individuals on planet Earth, the most powerful corporations, the most powerful financial interests and banking interests, who are all being organized to complete the Great Reset. And for those of you who don't, who think that the Great Reset is some kind of future uh, ambition, you better take another look. We are deeply down the road into the Great Reset right now, even as I speak to you on the Paul McGuire Report. We have traveled a long time down the road. And, and for those of you that might be new to the program or new to the subject of the Great Reset, the Great Reset is simply uh, the, the organized plan of what is called the 1% of the world's population. The 1% that are often called the globalist elite, the Luciferian elite, and they are the 1% of the population of planet Earth that control and own 99% of the world's wealth, assets, money, power, media, so on and so forth. And they they see themselves as, as kind of gods. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. They perceive themselves like gods, and they perceive us as animals, as, as their private livestock. You know, the kings and queens of old uh, ruled their, their kingdoms, like in Europe and France and uh, Great Britain and Spain and Italy and Greece and so on and so forth. And there would be the royalty, the kings and the queens. And then the people would usually serve the kings and queens as impoverished slaves, or sometimes called serfs. They would work the land, they would farm, they would build, they would labor uh, long hours to make sure all the palatial needs were being met of the nobility and, and royalty. So these royal families, which have been in existence for thousands of years, uh, because when you trace their lineage, when you trace their DNA, and in their own writings, in their own documentation, this lineage of the globalist or Luciferian elite uh, began, according to them, not according to me, according to them, this Luciferian elite, uh, this globalist elite began to rule uh, in the time period that concurred with the fact that, as the Bible reveals, that at one time in human history, the fallen angels descended upon the earth, uh, and they mated with human women, and when the, what was called the Rephium, the fallen angels, when they mated with human women and impregnated human women, uh, the women gave birth to a hybrid race, which was a mixture, an illicit mixture of the DNA of men and women, the DNA of the woman that became the mother of the child, and that 
human female DNA was hybrid because it was mixed with fallen angel DNA. And the coming together of these different genetic codes produce a non-human species of beings that were not genetically human. Their DNA was no longer human. They, they were a hybrid race, which was a combination of human DNA and fallen angel DNA. But the important fact to, to grasp is that when the babies were born of the illicit intercourse between the fallen angels and the human women, that these babies that were born, the Rephium, uh, often they were physically giants, and they were referred to as the giants of old. They could have been 8 to 12 feet or 8 to 14 feet high or, or taller. Uh, these giants then began to rule the earth. But in addition to the fact that genetically they were no longer human and that their DNA was no longer human, now, according to the law of God, on a biological level, uh, incorporating God's biological and genetic laws, God stated in the Bible that his plan of salvation was only available to those people whose DNA and genetic code indicated that they were 100% human in their DNA. And so salvation in Christ, eternal salvation, eternal life, forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus, is only available to human beings that are not hybrid, but are 100% uh, 100% human in their genetic code and 100% human in their DNA code. Because once again, salvation is only available, eternal life, entrance into heaven, forgiveness of sins, is only available to 100% human beings. And that is critical to grasp. Okay, so as we dive into this, now, this is the, the historical records of the Luciferian elite, of the globalist elite. This is what they are saying about themselves. And what they say about themselves is that they are, their genetic ancestry, their uh, DNA history is the result of the sexual intercourse between the fallen angels and human females. So human female DNA is being mixed with fallen angel DNA, again, producing a hybrid race, which is no longer human, but it's a mixture of fallen angel DNA and human DNA. So it is these hybrid species, the Rephium, who, according to the records left behind to us by the Nephilim, the Rephium, and, and the fallen angels, they have called themselves elite families, or they will often use the term the Illuminati bloodline families. And they call themselves the Illuminati bloodline families because they believe that they are beyond human, that they are a superior Luciferian master race because they are part uh, fallen angel DNA and part human DNA. So the Illuminati bloodline families have passed on their enormous wealth, their superior scientific 
technological, biological knowledge they've passed on from generation to generation. And they took radical steps throughout the ages to make sure that when they procreated, when they, to be blunt, made babies, that they would only, the Illuminati bloodline families, would endeavor to only breed or mate sexually with other members of the Illuminati bloodline families. And many times what would occur is that there would be a shortage of potential partners who possessed the hybrid DNA or who possessed the Illuminati bloodline genetic codes. And so uh, there was nobody that they could mate with and still retain the genetic purity and the genetic firewall, if you will, of the Illuminati bloodline families and their descendants only mating with other uh, members of Illuminati bloodline families. So what ended up happening is there was a proliferation and an explosion internally within the Illuminati bloodline family lines, the kings and queens, the royalty, the nobility, the emperors and empresses, the god kings, the pharaoh god kings, etc., etc. They would, would violate the biblical commandment regarding uh, who you're allowed to mate with and reproduce with. And as we know, that in the Levitical laws, God strictly forbids his people from mating within incestuous family lines. And there's a curse attached to it, both spiritually and genetically and biologically. So when these Illuminati bloodline families violated those laws, they ended up mating with, you know, uh, a son might impregnate his mother, a father might impregnate his daughter, brothers and sisters would have illicit sexual intercourse, and they would mate. Brothers and sisters in the same family would mate and produce uh, an Illuminati bloodline family and then cousins and uncles, etc. So they mated within their own family's DNA and genetic code. Now, they did that because they were obsessed with preserving their reproduction only and exclusively within their own genetic family lines. That was their primary goal above anything else. But we know from reading the Bible and we know from science and biology that the downside to when incestuous sexuality becomes like the norm and people start to mate within their own family lines, what happens is that the babies they produce are often extremely vulnerable, extremely susceptible to being born with or developing later in life very rare, very uh, exotic diseases that are often deadly, diseases that are often crippling. But when you study the science, the medicine, and the genetics, you discover that the reason that these Illuminati bloodline families are so often prey to these rare, deadly diseases and these rare, uh, deadly sicknesses 
The reason they're so vulnerable to it is because they're violating God's law and they're interbreeding among their own brothers, sisters, mothers, and fathers, which gives rise to their giving birth to babies with very strange diseases. Now, I'm not going to name some of these diseases out loud, but if you go back in history, uh, many times if you trace certain Illuminati bloodline family lines or or these special genetic elite lines, you will notice that certain very rare, very rare diseases, very exotic diseases and sicknesses that these family members actually have today in our modern society, when you trace the origins of their genetic uh, aberrations, you discover that they have passed these strange exotic diseases back from generation to generation to generation. Now, it, it, it appears to be weird, it appears to be contradictory that they would do this, but you've got to remember once again that in their set of beliefs, which is Luciferian in nature, they, they, their primary goal is for them to reproduce Illuminati bloodline children, because they believe that, they, that Illuminati bloodline children have in their DNA code, the DNA code of the fallen angels, the DNA code of Lucifer, and because they believe that they have the DNA code of Lucifer, that they have access to all kinds of supernatural powers and supernatural uh, abilities that, um, that, in, that supernaturally enables them, both male and female babies, to become like godmen or goddesses on the earth. So this is a central part of their belief system. So even today, we, we hear the rhetoric about Illuminati bloodline families, and often when you, when you trace the family lineage, lineages and who married who in the family line and who impregnated who in the family line of some of the richest, most powerful, and most wealthy families on planet Earth, you will see an inordinate amount of uh, genetic inbreeding in their family lines. And that's something that, that you need to be aware of as you examine this topic. Now, these Illuminati bloodline families, they, they thousands of years ago, going back to ancient Babylon, at the time of the Tower of Babel, going back to ancient Egypt in the era of what I call the Pharaoh God Kings, and going back to the emperors and empresses and kings and queens and of all these different empires, etc., you will see that inbreeding. Uh, has has largely takes pl pl taken place and has taken place today. So this is one of the primary bases for their incredible wealth, incredible political and geopolitical power, and that is part of of the way they operate as Illuminati bloodline families is they make sure that they only intermarry within their own genetic families. But you see, that also gives them a super protection measure regarding their enormous wealth and power and influence. And because of this genetic interbreeding and because of this marrying and having marriages within specific Illuminati bloodline families, they're able to retain masses amount of wealth and power and land. They're able to retain it. They're able to preserve their massive wealth and land and armies, etc. And so 
what, what they have done is they have used marriage as a marriage as a mechanism to retain massive wealth, control massive wealth, and basically rule and reign because they have more money than anybody else because they've kept it within their family lines. And, and that's the basis for what much of what is really going on in the world today. I, I talk about this in detail. I explain it to you in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, uh, and The Day the Dollar Died, which, which you need to get because it will explain it to you. You'll actually see in The Day the Dollar Died that these super wealthy families, these international banking families, that control the wealth of the world, they organized, many of them, uh, many of the kings and queens of Europe who are members of the international banking families <clears throat> have been incorporated or, or have come under the domination and the control of Great Britain because Great Britain has now become one of the primary centers of Luciferianism on planet Earth and Great Britain has become <clears throat> one of the primary centers of financial wealth and financial power in the entire world. Because once again, although most Americans don't really understand this, that if you were to visit uh, England and you were to visit the city of London, you would discover that there are actually two cities of London in England. One city of London is the city that you see on TV, the city that all the tourists go to, the city where lots of castles are in museums. And that's like, that's like the public city of London with all the razzle-dazzle that, that the world sees. But then inside the city of London, that city of London, there's another secret city of London. And this more secret city of London is located within the other city of London, and the secret city of London is the secret headquarters for, for, for the world's wealthiest individuals, the wealthiest and richest banks in all the world. And so the city of London within the city of London is like one of the most powerful uh, financial centers, military centers, uh, uh, mind control centers, I mean, in the sense of developing the science of mind control in all of the world. And many of the international banking families with names like Rothschild and, and other names, they rule the world from within the financial city of London. So in, in 1913, uh, somewhere between 11 to 12 of the richest people in the world many of them from the city of London uh, and who were representing the richest international banking families of the world that just happened to come out, all come out of Great Britain. Um, they organized secretly because even though, you know, the history books uh, tell us that um, America the United States of America won the Revolutionary War uh, and gained their independence from Great Britain. The fact of the matter is, is that the agents of the crown, the agents of the international banking families, the international banking families themselves, strategically embedded themselves in all the major power centers 
of, of American society after the Revolutionary War. And Great Britain had its agents. It was pouring its money into America. And, and the plan of Great Britain from the very beginning was to recapture America and use their economic power to bring America back under the rulership of Great Britain. And the way they were, the way they're doing this is by manipulating America with their with their enormous uh, financial power. And so, in a sense, you could say that in many respects, Great Britain largely owns many of the other nations in Europe. Great Britain largely owns many of the great nations across the world, not just the British colonies, and America and Great Britain largely owns and controls America. Now, that may pop your balloon, but that's, those are the facts. So I want to play something here for you uh, from a, a spokesperson. Uh, and this recording was made a number of years ago by a man named David Griffith, who uh, wrote exposés on the Federal Reserve System. And by the way, before I continue, the Federal Reserve System was actually the creation of the richest international banking families, and the Federal Reserve System was a ploy to take over the American monetary system, which, according to our Constitution and Bill of Rights, our monetary system is supposed to be under the rule and control of we the people. It is definitely not supposed to be under the rule and control of the richest people in the world that live in foreign nations like England and other nations. So again, somewhere between 11 and 12 of the richest people of, in the world, many of them from England, uh, many of them who were prominent members or representatives of the richest international banking families of the world, they conspired. Yes, the word is conspire. They conspired and they spent enormous money using the Democratic Party and they spent enormous money using the Republican Party. And both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party were both simultaneously promoting and pushing and passing what was known the Federal Reserve Act. But to confuse the American people, because you see, back then the American people were fully on high alert about the Federal Reserve, what the real plot was with the Federal Reserve, that it was really a ruse for a takeover of America by the international banking families. So these international banking families created the Federal Reserve System, and they did it by financing the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. All they did was change the naming and the branding of this new Federal Reserve System in one of the two political parties. But even though it, 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 it sounded like there were two different plans, in actuality, both the Republicans and the Democrats were financed by the same people, and both the Democrats and the Republicans were bought and paid for, and they were doing the bidding of Great Britain and the international banking families. And their endgame, both the Republican endgame and the Democratic endgame, was to bring in the same endgame, which was the total domination and control of the American monetary system would be taken out from under the control of we, the people of the United States of America. That would be stolen from us, and 
when everything was finalized, it would be Great Britain and the Illuminati bloodline families and the international banking families who would now be in total control of the American monetary system. So today, and, and ever since 1913, it has been the Federal Reserve System, which once again consists of internationally, international banking families, the wealthiest people in the world who are, who are not American citizens, and they are independently and against the Constitution in total control of the American monetary system. That gives them the right to create interest rates, to raise interest rates, to lower interest rates, to scientifically create recessions, depression, inflation, taxes, and, and basically it gives them the power to totally rig and control our monetary system for their enrichment for, for, in order that they can vastly increase their wealth. And it's criminal because we, we the American people, from that moment forward, we lost our true independence. And you can tiptoe through the tulips all, all you want about this and pretend that it isn't so. But as Rothschild said, and I'm paraphrasing Rothschild's quote, I have his exact quote in my book, uh, The Day the Dollar Died. But Rothschild, who was, is one of the heads of this international banking cartel, Roth, Rothschild said, I do not care who the prime minister is or the president is of any given nation. I don't care who's head of the military in any given nation. And then Rothschild said this, the only thing I care about regarding any given nation is who is it that controls the money and the monetary supply in that nation? Because whoever it is that controls the monetary system in any given nation is the person or group or family that controls every part of that nation. And then Rothschild took it even more bluntly when he said, I don't care who's president or prime minister or emperor or whatever. He said, all I care about is that I control the monetary system of any given nation. And then he said, because if I control the monetary system, then I will control all the political power, the military power, the media power, and ultimately I will be the ruler of that nation. Now, that's a paraphrase, but that's what Rothschild said. So let's listen. To, to just a glimpse uh, from this expert that goes back a number of years because he is, is answering questions and asking questions that reveal the secret network about how the international banking families actually control America. And one of the primary ways they actually control America is they create what are called foundations. So, you know, you have the Carnegie Foundation after Carnegie, one of the wealthiest men in the world. You have the Ford Foundation after Henry Ford, one of the wealthiest people in the world. And you have all these foundations. And most people think these foundations are created by the super rich and, and out of the generosity and, and Christian love of these international banking families, they take a significant percentage of their astronomical wealth and they put it in these private foundations so that good Christian things can be done in America and around the world. In other words, the super elite, the super wealthy are creating foundations designed to alleviate suffering on planet Earth, like starvation and poverty and crime and, and 
you know, a long list of benevolent actions, but that is not the real purpose of the foundations. First of all, to create a foundation uh, requires a, a high level of legal sophistication, which means you have to be very rich. You have to be rich enough to purchase the high level of lawyers needed to create a legal foundation for you and your family. So what that does immediately is it excludes all the advantageous benefits uh, that foundations give wealthy individuals and families uh, because of the the high price tag in, in hiring powerful lawyers to create a foundation for you. That basically excludes the middle class and the working class from creating foundations for their families. So then the question has to be asked, what is the real intention and purpose of all these foundations? Is it to do all these good and benevolent works? No. The purpose of the foundation, first and foremost, above everything, is that the foundation provides a legal barrier, a legal protective measure, a legal firewall that guarantees, essentially, that the enormous wealth, the enormous resources, the enormous assets of the wealthiest people in the world, uh, the wealthiest elite in the world, the richest men, the richest women, and the richest families in the world are able to shelter and protect their vast, vast wealth from being examined and from being uh, subjected to the massive taxes that they would normally have to pay by accumulating billions and trillions of dollars of wealth. So by hiding their vast wealth in the legal mechanism called the foundation, they also are able to hide their vast wealth from having to pay taxes or having to lose control over their money. So the purpose of the foundation is to totally protect their power, their money, and then they use these foundations to finance radical, radical, radical globalist causes, communist causes, Marxist causes, and even Luciferian causes, and to finance massive social change that is designed to produce manufactured crisis, manufactured chaos, which are all things that the globalist elite need, because remember, they operate under occult, uh, occult thinking. And in occult thinking, one of their primary occultic formulas for increasing wealth and power is what they call order out of chaos. The idea is that you can establish a new world order if you first bring about global chaos. So that's why there's riots and chaos everywhere all the time in the news all over the world, including America, because chaos is the primary mechanism by which the globalist elite are able to bring in their new world order. So the new world order is brought about through chaos, and that's an occult, uh, an occultic belief system because they're occultists. So let's listen uh, to what is being said here, and I'm just going to play you a clip to give you an idea of, of the, the, the sophistication of, of their thinking. And, you know, again, knowledge is power. If the average person, the average person is clueless uh, as to what I'm going to play you uh, regarding 
what an expert has to say uh, about this. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Let's play that brief clip. Uh, would you please tell us who he was and what was that conversation had? Brown Gaither was at that time president of the Ford Foundation. Mr. Gaither said, Mr. Dodd, we've asked you to come up here this today because we thought that possibly off the record you would tell us why the Congress is interested in the activities of foundations such as ourselves. And um, before I could think of how I would reply to that statement, Mr. Gaither then went on voluntarily and stated, he said, Mr. Dodd, all of us that have a hand in the making of policies here have had experience either with the OSS during the war or European Economic Administration after the war. We've had experience operating under directives. And these directives emanate and did emanate from the White House. Now, we still operate under just such directives. Let me just briefly interrupt. When he was referring to uh, one of the organizations that issued directives uh, to powerful governmental agencies, powerful politicians, the directives were issued by organizations such as, and he used the words OSS. And it's important to understand that the OSS was created towards the end, or the, the, the almost towards the end of uh, World War II in our fight against the Nazis, and that the OSS was the former name of what eventually was renamed and rebranded and finally called the CIA, or the Central Intelligence Agency. So what we have to understand here is that, that the people really calling the shots, the people uh, m- making orders on behalf of the deep state, were organizations like the CIA and the Central Intelligence Agency, and that continues to this day. So let's go back to the clip. Would you like to know what the substance of these directives is? I said, yes, Mr. Gither, I'd like very much to know. Whereupon he made this statement to me, namely, Mr. Dodd, we here operate on similar, in response to similar directives, the substance of which is that we shall use our grant-making power so to alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. My response to Mr. Gaither then was, well, Mr. Gaither, I can now answer your first question. You forced the Congress of the United States to spend $150,000 to find out what you just told me. So why don't you take... I said, of course, legally, you're entitled to um, make grants for for this purpose. But I don't think you're entitled to withhold that information from the people of the country to whom you're indebted for your tax exemption. So why don't you tell the people of the country that's what you've told me? You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. So in Mr. Dowd's interaction with the head of the Ford Foundation, and the Ford Foundation is working with multiple other gigantic foundations, all owned and controlled by the globalist elite, the richest people in the world and their families. And Mr. Dowd finds out directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak, that 
the real agenda, the real agenda that is driving what the Ford Foundation is doing, according to Mr. Dowd, is they want to, in a sense, unify uh, ideologically, economically, culturally, socially. They want to unify nations like uh, an American Christian capitalist nation and blend it or merge it with a communist Marxist Russian Revolution nation or a communist Marxist uh, Chinese communist revolution. They want to merge those societies. Again, the Hegelian dialectic where you have um, a, a spectrum, and on one end of the spectrum you have what's called a, a thesis. So the thesis could be uh, American Christian capitalism. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have what's called an antithesis, which could be a communist Marxist nation coming from communist revolutionary Marxist principles like in China or Russia. So you have, you have two opposites, two opposite directions for a nation to go in. And, and they employ as a strategy, as a mind game, they employ what's, what the philosopher Hegel called the Hegelian dialectic. And when you're dealing with a Hegelian dialectic, what your real endgame is, what your real goal is, is to take your opposite ends of the spectrum. So you're going to take capitalism, Christianity, American society as your thesis. And on the other end of the spectrum, you're going to take a communist Chinese, communist Russian, Marxist, communist society. And under the Hegelian dialectic, you're going to manipulate or maneuver things. So these two opposite, these two opposite endgames for for nations merge, they blend into like a mushy middle. And that mushy middle blending, uh, according to Hegel, is known as synthesis. So a lot of what you see in the media, a lot of what you hear in the educational system, a lot of what you see being practiced in, in evangelical churches that have been indoctrinated and trained and programmed into the Frankfurt School uh, theological system they're all secretly, and many of them are not even aware of what they're doing, but they're all secretly uh, operating according to this Hegelian di dialectic, where you take two opposites and deliberately merge them together in a synthesis. And it's a way of revolutionary uh, transformation of society. How that works theologically in the Christian churches, the seeker-friendly church, the basic premise is, is that you, you, you water down uh, the Christian message. You water down the Bible. You make it a more lukewarm Bible. You get rid of teaching on heaven and hell, Bible prophecy, things that might upset people. So you create a new kind of Christian church, which is a blend of humanism, secular humanism, and the Bible. Now that could be called your thesis. And then on the, on the other end of the spectrum, you have the former evangelical church and the former evangelical church was like Bible-believing, the Bible is authority, there is a heaven, there is a hell, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and be born again. So what you do theologically within the church is by watering down the gospel, you attract all these new kinds of people, which superficially you might say, hey, that's great, we're really evangelizing, we're really uh, impacting our, our you know, society. But are you impacting society? No, what you're doing is you're bringing in a large percentage of people 
into your initial phase of your seeker-friendly church, which is it's mostly real Christians that are attending the church, and then you artificially bring in all these people who are like watered-down Christians, not even Christians, not really born-again Christians. But when you mix these two opposites together, the thesis and antithesis, what happens is you, you create a synthesis. Now, this is what the synthesis is in, in, in the new kind of Christian church produced by the secular humanist socialist teachings of uh, uh, seeker-friendly churches. What, what happens is you radically transform the type of Christian that is in your church, because in order for those Christians who are more fundamentalist, Bible-believing in their orientation, in order for them to get along with the humanists and the watered-down Christians, they they have to, the the, the Bible-believing Christians have to water down their beliefs, etc. Now you say, well, yeah, but what what happens if the, uh, the, the humanists they become born again, and, and, and watered-down Christians start to read their Bible. The only problem with that idea is it doesn't usually play out that way. People go to the path of least resistance, so there's an inner transformation in the Church, which results in the creation of a new kind of Christian, and the new kind of Christian is far more secular humanist in their orientation, as a watered-down belief of the Gospel, a watered-down belief of the Bible, and so you have a new type of Christian that fits very comfortably in an ever-increasing humanistic society, ever-increasing Marxist-communist globalist society. And, and believe me, uh, after years of research, this is done intentionally. So let's see what the next step is, how, how these foundations that are originally financed by supercapitalists and the super-rich and the international banking families, what is their real endgame? Well, their real endgame, according to their own words, according to their own writings, is to create an entirely new planet Earth, and they intend to do that by changing the mindset of millions of people on planet Earth, and that's what they're doing right now. They're using uh, manufactured crisis like COVID and the vaccination. They're using manufactured crisis. They're using fear and the threat of nuclear war, etc., and they're using other social transformational mechanisms to uh, literally reset uh, planet Earth, and they call that the Great Reset. But what the Great Reset, what the Great Reset really is, it's it's a complete transformation into a pyramidal hierarchy, a top-down control system where the elite, the Luciferian elite, the globalist elite, the super-rich rule with a kind of uh, Huxley uh, totalitarian totalitarianism, they, they will be the new rulers of planet Earth. It's a very, very dangerous thing. You are listening to the Paul McGuire Report, where we endeavor to communicate to you the truth and to interpret and decode, process, if you wish, if you wish reality, uh, because we do it from the foundation of a biblical worldview. So let's look at the bottom line here. I mean, really, you know, instead of looking at everything as meaningless abstractions, let's just look at reality in in a sober-minded, fully awake, rational, logical state of mind. And that will tell you, if you bother to educate yourself as to what's really going on, that will tell you without a shadow of a doubt 
where we're going and what's happening all around you. So let me spell it out for you very, very simply. Number one, despite the fact that many of your friends can't possibly believe that what I'm about to tell you and what you probably already know is true, despite the fact that they can't bring themselves to believe that what we're trying to teach them is true, the fact of the matter is it is true, and we have overwhelming evidence, overwhelming documentation, and overwhelming facts to prove our position. And so number one is we live in a world where there actually are a ruling superclass of globalist elites that control governments and the 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 unification of power and money and military and electronic surveillance has created an environment where the ruling elites, the globalist elites, the Luciferian elites, and their puppet governments um, are not our friends. They are against us. Yeah, that's right. You've got to break through the ice and come to terms with what's true. The evidence shows that they are not with us but they are actually the enemies of what our Constitution in America calls we the people. We the people of the United States of America are under an all-out attack by a globalist elite, and so are the rest of the people on planet Earth. And so that's the first barrier you have to break through in order to uh, uh, process the truth. Now. Then the next question is, when you know, when your, your consciousness is awakened, when you're educated, when you know the facts, when you know what's happening, then you know that this is not going to stop until we, the people, use the spiritual weapons that Jesus Christ has give, given us, and the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. These are powerful spiritual weapons that can be used in peaceful and law-abiding ways. So every one of us is responsible for what is happening and for where our nation and world is going. Every one of us is complicit by our action or inaction regarding where our nation is, is going. And so the question again is, now that, we, now that we know what's happening, what are we going to do about it? So I'd sit there and pretend it's not happening. The way they exert illegal authority and rulership over us is they wage war against our minds using very sophisticated psychological techniques and strategies, technologies, fear. Uh, they have a whole uh, arsenal of psychological weapons. And they rule us by dividing us, by instilling fear constantly in our culture. They wage war against our constitutional civil liberties, like freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion. They, they use their power and their organizational structures to attack what is really true. They attack the truth on every level, especially using the media and education. And then they are continually, 24-7, promoting falsehood, illusions, and lies with propaganda that is designed to further their agenda. And ultimately, they use propaganda that can potentially uh, cause us to make false decisions, bad decisions, 
with the end game of potentially killing us and injuring us with things like uh, the, the, the vaccines. I mean, look at the data that, that the media is suppressing about the deaths, the sicknesses, the fallouts, the people dropping dead, the people having heart attacks, the, the, the upsurge of all kinds of strange and new diseases and cancers happening, and, and a flood of highly qualified medical doctors are alleging that the trigger that caused all the heart attacks and the diseases and the other problems, these doctors and medical researchers um, are alleging that, that the cause of it all is the, the dangerous uh, ingredients, if you will, in the vaccination. So we have a media machine that's trying to hide that from you, that will never talk about it. Mainstream media, because it's so totally reliant on the advertising dollars of big pharma, is working 24-7 to distract you and to blind you from the truth about what happened with the vaccines and the entire, I mean, the real story of what happened. So they are the agents of this 1% uh, of the population of planet Earth, also known as the globalist elite. And the media is owned and controlled by the globalist elite. And the, the media's goal is to protect the interests of the globalist elite. And on top of that, the globalist elite finances and works hand in hand with uh, governments around the world, uh, public health authorities around the world, and of course, uh, the media in America and around the world. And then on the other side, we have uh, the, the independent uh, or alternative scientists and researchers and journalists who who are attempting at great bravery to communicate the truth and the facts. And because they're trying to communicate the facts and the truth, they are being attacked uh, and slandered and lied about and marginalized and demonized and, and accused of, of spreading disinformation. And they lose their jobs, they're fired. And now, and now, if you speak the truth about what's happening, you're branded a, a domestic terrorist. Now, this, this battle is, is happening all over planet Earth. So, for example, uh, certain politicians in New York State are now attempting to import Australia's COVID concentration camps to the state of New York. What is a COVID concentration camp that they want to bring in to New York? That's that. Those are ominous sounding words. If it is true what so many doctors and medical researchers are now alleging and claim that they can prove, which is that mRNA vaccines uh, are useless, essentially, in protecting against COVID. But according to these medical researchers, they do, they, these mRNA vaccines do cause serious health problems, including death and dropping dead. But at the same time, the media, the so-called medical authorities, the so-called mainstream media, the so-called uh, medical establishment, they continue to push the dangerous vaccinations, while at the same time, they're doing everything in their power 
to prevent people from knowing about or using known and safe cures for COVID, such as monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, uh, ACQ. This, this COVID pandemic is, is produced now, the, the momentum that is causing the so-called COVID uh, pandemic, the energy behind it and the momentum is being produced by the use of the PCR test, which uh, strangely produces a high percentage of false positives, uh, which exaggerates the number of reported cases of so-called COVID. And, and in this process, almost all deaths uh, for every possible cause are, are registered as being COVID deaths, even though they're not COVID deaths. And most people who died from COVID uh, were, were people who had uh, other diseases and other uh, physical problems. So these people were already suffering from a serious illness. And, uh, you know, so you have a lot of people that they're, they're marking down in their computers as having died from COVID, which didn't die from COVID. And then you have uh, uh, attacks on people who are trying to tell the truth, uh, like in Canada, the Canada Broadcasting Corporation has blamed the massive truckers' protest on, on Russian agents infiltrating Canada. Now, uh, a lot of this uh, I'm giving to you from uh, a source uh, which um, is from, again, Global Research, global research uh, written by Dr. Paul Craig Roberts. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's an eye-opening story. And at that time, they record on their minute a shocking report on which they dispatched to President Wilson a telegram cautioning him to see that the war does not end too quickly, and finally the war is over. At that time, their interest shifts over to preventing what they call a reversion of life in the United States to what it was prior to 1914, when World War I broke out. And they arrive at that point, they come to the conclusion that to prevent a reversion, we must control education in the United States. And they realize that that's a pretty big task. So it's to them, it is too big for them alone. So they approach the Rockefeller Foundation with a suggestion that that portion of education, which is, could be considered domestic, be handled by the Rockefeller Foundation, and that portion, which is international, should be handled by the endowment. And they then decide that the key to the success of these two operations lay in an alteration of the teaching of American history. So they approach four of the then most prominent teachers of American history in the country, people like Charles and Mary Byrd, and their suggestion to them is, will they alter the manner in which they present this subject and they get turned down flat? So they then decide that it is necessary for them to do, as they say, build our own stable of historians. Then they approach the Guggenheim Foundation, which specializes in fellowships, and say, when we find young 
men in the process of studying for doctorates in the field of American history, and we feel that they are uh, the right caliber, will you grant them fellowships on our say-so? And the answer is yes. So under that condition, eventually they assemble 20, and they take this 20 potential teachers of American history to London, and there they're briefed into what is expected of them, when, as, and if they secure appointments in keeping with the doctorates they will have earned. That group of 20 historians ultimately becomes a nucleus of the American Historical Association. And then toward the end of the 1920s, the endowment grants to the American Historical Association $400,000 for a study of our history in a manner which points to what can this country look forward to in the future. And that culminates in a seven-volume study, the last volume of which is, of course, in essence, a summary of the contents of the other six. And the essence of the last volume is the future of this country belongs to collectivism. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. By the way, visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. You notice those words that the goals of these foundations, the hidden agenda, where the globalist elite want to take you and your family in this nation, and it's happening right now, is this. They want to radically transform through the media, through education, through our institutions. Notice the word they use. They want to turn America into a different kind of America built on collectivism. Collectivism is just a fancy name for communism or Marxism. So what these um, giant foundations want to do is they want to radically transform America into a communist or Marxist system. That's what collectivism is. And the, the reason they chose to work, use the word collectivism is because it's a soft sell. It sounds more palatable than saying communism and Marxism. Collectivism comes from the communist term, the collective. And in communist philosophy, you don't have like man and God. You have the individuals dead in communism and Marxism. Instead, you, you have the group, the groupthink. You have the collective. So communism and Marxism is called collectivism. But, but here's what you have to understand about collectivism. And I talk about it in my books like Power from on High and The Greatest Battle. The critical thing to understand about communism, Marxism, collectivism, the Great Reset, when you hear the Great Reset, it's the same warning over and over again. You have the wealthiest people in the world, the super rich, the globalist elite, functioning, acting, and doing the same thing that these big foundations like the Ford Foundation and the Carnegie Foundation did uh, decades and decades ago. You have the Great Reset doing the exact same thing. They're not coming out. They're saying to you things like, you'll own absolutely nothing, but you'll never be happier in your whole life. That is a totally collectivist, communist, Marxist statement. But here's the irony. Just like with the big foundations, which were founded and funded by the super rich and the super capitalists, the Great Reset, which is also promoting communism and Marxism and collectivism, the Great Reset is also funded by the richest people in the world, the super capitalists, the, the wealthiest international banking families. 
So the reason the richest, most powerful capitalist in the world, you know, the richest families in the world, the reason they're continually promoting communism, Marxism, collectivism, um, is for this reason, which I've explained in detail in my books, like like uh, the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. This is the secret agenda. And and Mr. Dowd explained it in his talk when, when you hear the entire message. What he explained was that the way the super-rich and the super-capitalists and the wealthiest people in the world and the, uh, the people who own the foundations, the way they perceive communism and Marxism and socialism they see it as a transformational mechanism that is in their best interest to promote because communism, Marxism, socialism, collectivism, those transformational mechanisms restructure society very quickly, very violently, very efficiently for them. They totally restructure society. And it allows the super-rich, the super-wealthy, the globalist elite, the international banking families, it allows them, with literally just the snap of their fingers, to totally dominate, control, and rule over any nation that they choose or world that they choose to ignite a communist, socialist, Marxist revolution in. In other words, it, the person or group of people who benefit absolutely the most by a communist, Marxist, socialist, globalist revolution. The people who benefit the most are not the struggling masses. They're not the, quote, workers of the world unite. They're not the working class. They're not the middle class. They're not the poor, which is what everybody is being told. The people who have the most to gain above any other people in a communist, Marxist, socialist revolution like the Great Reset, the people who have the most to gain are the super-rich, the international banking families, the wealthiest people in the world. They have the most to, to, to gain. The people who have the most to lose and will suffer the most of any group are the poor people, are the working class and the middle class. And the reason for this is, is that the educational system and the media and the church has deliberately dumbed down the masses so that the average person in America or around the world does not know what the real hidden agenda of a communist, Marxist, socialist revolution is. They, they buy into the lie. They buy into the propaganda that, that a communist, Marxist, socialist revolution is going to be, in the words of George Soros and his foundation, an open society. They believe that, you see, communism, Marxism, and socialism you have to understand this. I mean, forgive me for being passionate here, but it's a Luciferian philosophy. Luciferian philosophies are always built on lies because Satan is the father of lies. So the big lie regarding communism, Marxism, socialism, and the Great Reset, etc., is the big lie is is that it's going to be a liberating force, that it's going to equally redistribute the wealth, that it's going to give everybody equal great uh, health care that it's going to get rid of the ghettos and poverty, that it's going to uh, bring in true social justice. And you have all these naive people who have literally, literally been brainwashed and programmed and subjected to propaganda and mind control. And, and many of them are graduates of American schools and uh, colleges and universities. 
but they're so brainwashed that they can't see the obvious. And the obvious, along with the historical record of communism, Marxism, socialism, and now the Greek Great Reset, the obvious is, is that those transformational mechanisms like communism, Marxism, socialism, the Great Reset, etc., they were all created by the richest people in the world, the globalist elite, the richest families in the world. It was the super capitalists and the wealthiest people in the world who designed and created communism, Marxism, socialism, and the Great Reset. And they designed it purely for their benefit and for their enrichment and for themselves. Because what it does, you take any given nation, and for pennies on the dollar in any given nation, if you start to brainwash the masses, which is very inexpensive to do, you can very quickly brainwash them into believing the lie that communism and Marxism and socialism and the Great Reset is going to save them and bring them justice and, and set things right. And they believe a lie, and then they're led to the slaughter, like that's Hitler promoted a lie and then led people to the slaughter. And so what the truth of the matter is, and I explain it in a simple but fast-moving style in my books at paulmcguire.us, what the truth of the matter is, is that in every communist, Marxist, socialist revolution in human history, there have been hundreds of millions of deaths, tortures, people shot to death, families separated, children and wives and others raped brutally, people murdered and tortured, thrown into concentration camps, um, thrown into mental hospitals because they were diagnosed as insane. Because if you believe that communism or socialism was bad, you would be declared. Uh, by doctors mentally ill for for not having the right political beliefs. And again, the entire purpose of communism, Marxism, socialism, and the Great Reset is it is it's a very efficient way of radically and very quickly transforming a society and giving the globalist elite, the super rich, the super wealthy, it gives them total access, total freedom to grab control and dominate and rule and reign over any society very quickly. And then in terms of economic invest, investment, again, for pennies on the dollar, when the super capitalists ignite a communist revolution, socialist, Marxist, or a great reset in any given society, what happens is, yes, there is a massive wealth transfer, but not the way that the people, the masses of people have been told is the masses of people have been lied to and sucker-punched into believing it. The way the real wealth transfer works in a Great Reset or a Marxist, Communist, and Socialist Revolution, the way the real wealth transfer works, it goes like this. All the wealth, 100% of the wealth, is now transferred involuntarily. It's transferred from the poor, the working class, and the middle class. All their wealth the working class and the middle class and the poor, is by force, their wealth is transferred directly into the pockets and the banks of the super rich, the international banking families, and the richest people in the world in, in a matter of hours, days, weeks, and months. So when the dust settles, the working class and the middle class and the poor find, they discover rudely that now they've lost all their freedoms 
but they can't do anything about it because their guns have been taken away. All means of defending themselves have been taken away. And if they dare, if they dare to whisper a protest about what has occurred, they will be sent to concentration camps and killed. So this entire thing is a mechanism. It's a ploy. It's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's a robbery conducted by the super rich, the super wealthy, and the globalist elite because it allows them to totally take over a nation or totally take over a planet, like, like in a record period of time. So when you decode the real meaning, the real intent, the real objective, the real agenda of the Great Reset, where they are promising the masses, they're saying, these are the words they're telling the masses, and I'm quoting precisely. The global reset, the richest people in the world are telling the masses, they're telling the middle class and the working class and the poor, they're saying to them, quote, you will own absolutely nothing, but you will never be happier than in your whole life. Now that is a complete lie. It's total propaganda. It's, it's the lie that the communists have used over and over and over again in every nation where a communist revolution happens. You know. We're gonna we're gonna give you all the money. We're gonna be happier. We're gonna bring you heaven on earth. This is the lie they always tell. The people fall for the lie because they they they've been cut off from the truth, which should be coming from the churches and the media and and true leaders should be telling them the truth. But they're not hearing the truth, they're hearing a cleverly concocted lie. And the end result is always, always the same. The people are either murdered by the millions, blood spills in the streets, people are tortured, They're, every ounce of money that they might have or any property, anything that they own is ripped from them, and they, they will have a life of brutal slavery, all their freedoms will be stolen from them, and the Great Reset will be a, the greatest nightmare in the history of mankind. The spiritual root of this is when you reject the Word of God, and you stop looking to God as your source, and you start worshiping government as God, or you worship a political leader as God, you're in deep trouble. You're being idolatrous. You're worshiping a false god. You're worshiping a human or a human government. That's the spirit of Antichrist. The Bible warns about it. So, right now, God has given us a limited time to make a change. We either make a change, or mark my words, you, your children, and your grandchildren, and this entire society will plunge into a slavery, I'm not trying to scare you, I know what I'm talking about, I've paid the price, I've done my homework, I've researched, studied, found first-hand documentation, and I've been studying this stuff for over 45 years. So it's on that basis that I come to you, and I'm speaking the truth to you. I am telling you, with every fiber of my being, and I tell you this at great risk, by the way. I have nothing to gain and everything to lose by speaking out. But I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. And the love of God constrains me. The love of God literally commands me to speak the truth to you as a watchman on the wall so that you might heed the warning and that you, your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, your neighbors, your friends, your loved ones, that they may be spared the nightmare dictatorship, the ultimate surveillance state that is coming quickly upon this world uh, using words like the Great Reset and, and other 
brainwashing terms. I'm telling you, with every ounce and fiber of my being, God is giving you one last opportunity to make a difference. We're, we're at the final moment. Can't you see that? Every indicator, economic, spiritual, cultural, social, the threat of nuclear war, the, just we could go on and on. They're all testifying, if you will, as, as to what's happening. So I come to you humbly, and I urge you, I plead with you as your brother in Christ to pray, to seek the Lord, and to take a stand law-abidingly and peacefully while you still can. Notice, notice the, the hour that we're in. Look at the cover of my book, um, The Greatest Battle. Look at the clock. What time, what hour does the clock say on the cover of my book, Power From On High? That was deliberate, that photograph was deliberately taken as that clock struck that particular time. I want you to notice the particular time on the clock because that's exactly the time where we are in reality. That means we're out of time. We do it now or we never do it. I need your help in terms of your prayers. I need you to ask God in terms of donations and contributions. And I need you to help me beat the rigging by signing up for the e-blast and signing up for our social media. God bless you, your brother in Christ. And as a watchman on the wall, I will continue as best I can to blow the trumpet. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit PaulMcGuire.us.